I don't want to do the intro. I just want to rant. Thank you for joining Escape With Me Book Club. Escape with me, Sam Reiner. And me, Danielle. Into our most recent raid. Come with us as we evade reality and go into detail about a new book. We'll be covering the book from beginning to end, so remember, there will be spoilers. Today we are going to the Seattle, Washington region, circa sometime in the future. Published in March 2006, Specials is the third and final book in the Tally Trilogy. There is a book afterwards that's kind of a sequel? Sort of? Sequel adjacent? It's an add-on, I think. It's an add-on. I'll accept that. The Tally Trilogy had been a New York Times bestseller up until this point, and so specials was highly anticipated. But how did the book hold up as being the end of a trilogy? Terribly. Terribly. <laughs> I'm just gonna state it right from the beginning so nobody gets their hopes up on this book. Oh, it's bad. It's so bad. So we've both read this series before. I read it in middle school. You have been reading it since middle school. Continuously. Yes. Oh, revisiting this book for this podcast. This book, muscling through this book gave me such burnout. I could not read another book for like a month. This book. Age level is young adult. Content warning. Oh my goodness. So let's start. Self-harm, ableism, needles, kidnapping, forced medical procedures, blood, death, and excessive violence. Which doesn't sound like a lot just listing it, but compared to the other two books up until this point, that's a long list. It does a lot. Because I think this is the shortest book or is it about the same? It feels really long when you're reading it. So maybe it is the longest, but it drags. Yeah, the way it felt when I was reading it, it felt like Pretties was the shortest and Specials was the longest, but they're all about the same length. Specials just drags. Nothing happens, yeah. I mean, a lot of stuff happens, but... The pacing is trash in Specials. And they had less characters in this book than the last one. Did you get a count on this one? Yeah. Because I know on Pretties you said there were 14 characters, named characters. Or 13, I think. 13? There's only 11 in this book. There's only 11 named characters. And one of them is, I put John with an asterisk. Not sure that's his name. I don't know why I put an asterisk. (laughs) (laughs) This guy. But he was one of the new Pretties in the orientation session, but he wasn't from Tally City. That's John. That's all his contributions to this book. Oh, that is not a character. Yeah. Nothing happens. I vaguely remember John. Nothing happens in this book. Like, hey, I'm John. Yeah, it's like a two-paragraph conversation. So glad we named him. Maybe that's why I put an asterisk. I was like, this isn't really a character. Not a real character, guys. And he never comes back. Half of a chapter, if that. Yeah. Two paragraphs. Judge a book by its cover. This is probably one of the better covers, because you can actually tell it's tally and you can finally see what the facial tattoos is that they had been talking about for half of pretties and all of this book in the original book covers i cannot imagine that tattoo that you see on the cover seeing all of that spinning that would give me such a headache the flash tattoos oh my goodness i loved that part it's so busy actually looking at someone in that would be so distracting also can we talk about how I think it was in pretties. I don't think it was in specials, but they did the eye tattoos to do the time of the clock. Yeah, they put gemstones in. And then Tally does them backwards. 
Because Shay got them going forward like a clock does. Oh my gosh, yes. And Tally is like, oh, I'm not copying you. And you did. You did copy her. But also, what's the point of it going backwards, you dummy? Oh, it's because Tally's always looking in mirrors because she's so selfish. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so she can tell time. Guys, I figured it out. What's funny is we spent the entirety of Pretty's episode and trying not to talk about specials. And we're starting off specials by talking about Pretty. <laughs> I'm just going to talk immediately about it. Yes. I forgot about that because the flesh tattoos, a lot of those happen in pretties, but they get more dramatic when she's in specials. Yeah, they're vaguely tribal. And I'm like, is this racist question mark? I don't know enough about facial tattoos. But as an adult, I'm like, I feel like this is the line. I think we've crossed something. Yeah, it definitely was trying to bond all of the, are they just cutters in? the special specials they're just cutters but they got the facial tattoos as crims and then as cutters they still have them which i think is stupid because then you can tell a lot about their mental state based on the flash tattoos but that's beside the point which tally points out when she's talking to dr cable she's like oh i have to try and calm my heart rate just a little bit because my spinners are going crazy on my face. But we're not going to talk about what an utter failure Dr. Cable is and a complete letdown as a special she is this entire book. I didn't feel any sort of way. She was the bad guy. She's the villain. You're supposed to be against her. Up until this point, she had been so unstoppable and so intelligent and so one step ahead. Two teenage girls took out your entire organization. Her master plan was to get a bunch of untrained teenagers and keep them hormonal and stupid with their stupid flash tattoos and untrained. They are all untrained. I don't care if they have a bunch of cool things they can do with their bodies now. They are untrained. And that be her special forces and never check up on them and then just let Shay run them into ad infinitum. And it's all stupid and this is dumb and the concept of this book is stupid and they still have lesions ah! <laughs> they still have the lesions yeah but the whole reason that they were part of the specials was because they were fighting it because they were proving themselves as pretties they're so smart and they're so competent and they're so great let's give them brain lesions to make them insufferable absolutely insufferable did hers ever go away or did she get more added in I can't remember between pretties and specials so hers never went away. This gets into the really bad science. This is our science lesson. Hers never went away. She just thought past them, which once again, it's cut. Those parts of your brain don't exist anymore. There's no thinking past it. It doesn't exist anyway. I think I always thought that they added more in. No, she has different lesions now because they make her absolutely insufferable and gives her just this superiority complex that made this entire book. That's just Tally. She doesn't need a lesion. She could have stayed in ugly and been the same person as she is by the end of specials. Specials is such a derivative book. I feel like it's just a huge mash of uglies 
and pretties. Because the concept of the cutters the entire time is they have to stay icy. Oh, you mean like before when you were trying to stay bubbly? But now we have to stay icy. But the only way to do that is to cut ourselves. And oh, at least in pretties, they're like, hey, this is a bad thing. They don't ever do anything about it or try to go into the complex feeling Shay is having to cause her to want to do this. But at least they acknowledged it was bad. In this one, Shay literally is like, okay, guys, everybody get out your knives. Let's cut yourself. And then it's glorified because they're like, wow, it feels so great. This is so helpful. Now I have control and I'm able to think and it's so great. And at no point in the book at the end is she ever like horrified. At one point she did it. Nope. It's great through the entire book. We did it, guys. But you want to know why they're untrained and stupid? Because they just don't bother. Their first mission, they have ugly masks on and they're gonna infiltrate an ugly party and they look young enough so it's fine or whatever. Tally? Immediately. Immediately. One guy is treating her like an ugly because she's supposed to be an ugly but that is such an offense to Tally. And she's like, oh, I'm special. I need you to know. She explodes her disguise mask and has her special face which sounds terrifying. Yes. Because the teeth. And I was like, I'm special. I can't. You're undercover. You're one job. That was your first job. That was what you were supposed to do. You had one job. That was her first mission. Because at the beginning of the book, they're like, this is your first operation. And she can't even do that. And that just sets the tone for the entire book. I do kind of wonder if Dr. Cable was the first special. Because to my knowledge, other cities don't have them. And she seems kind of incompetent as a leader. And she picks all these teenagers that she's like, oh, me and my friends, we were basically crims. We were cool. And that's why I became this. I don't know. Up to this point, she had been so cool and so unstoppable in the representation of oppression. And now she's stupid. Yeah. And that's before the end. And that's before the end. Through this entire book, she gets humanized and it's like, oh, we should care about her. Oh, that all of it. You can see her unraveling on TV. No, that's not what I wanted from this character. And that would have been way cooler if in this entire book she wasn't incompetent. Like, she doesn't even tell anybody that she has this pet project going on. You find out at the end she's keeping it secret because it's stupid. No, she let these kids do whatever that were body modified and their teeth were sharper. Their brain isn't right and they're not trained and they're just over haughty and bad. It's just bad. It's really bad. It's so stupid. And this is special operations. The series definitely falls apart whenever specials become real. Yes. And that's the lead up. The lead up was like specials. She's going to be a specials. We're going to figure out what specials are like. No, they're just like pretties, basically. So it's so stupid. Yeah. Tally, in the beginning of the book, acts like she doesn't know if Shay is still bitter about David. When this entire time, all Shay has done is call David her boyfriend and be obviously still bothered about it. Oh, no. Yeah. You could take it maybe as sarcastic, but it definitely, it's passive aggressive. Shay is very obviously passive aggressive about David. Yeah. And Tally's like, I wonder if she's still bitter. And it's like, Tally. Yes. Where have you been? You stole her boy. Didn't want him. You discarded him after you stole him from Shay. And now you're hung up on Zane. Which, this is where the ableism comes in. Uh, yeah, the able. we're going to get there. 
we're gonna get there. Because up to this point, she still doesn't know where Zane is. Oh, yeah. Neither do I. But for whatever reason, the Smokies have been thwarting the city for at least a year. Longer, it sounds like. But the specials decide, oh, they're just whatever. And we're gonna take them down. And it's fine. And let's not even try to be secretive or think of a plan or anything. And I'm just like, if you actually took them seriously, you confronting them would have been so much better. Yeah. So there's a principle that I think some people don't understand. It's the concept of how you treat your enemies is how people view you. So if you treat your enemies like the specials, for example, up to this point, and they think of them as really strong and really capable and all of this stuff. And so when Tally and them confront them and are able to face them down, they look so much the better because they've been treating the specials like they're really strong and they're really competent. But in this book, the entire time, they're like, Smokies are stupid and backwards and dumb and can't do anything. And we're so much better than them. And so how bad does it look when they are constantly getting defeated by the Smokies? They beat you so fast. These teenagers. It makes them look worse. Also, because she had been a Smokey, and then because she gave herself up to be a pretty and did the whole thing, and then Shay forced her to be a special. Yeah. The free will of it between uglies and pretties, I think is better because she voluntarily did it. So whenever she's stumbling as a new pretty, I don't know, I'm still on team tally. I'm still like, yeah, she's not the greatest, but she was forced into this, into the specials. Oh, see, I was giving her more of a benefit in pretties because when she's stumbling and doing whatever, you're like, well, we at least know real tally, quote unquote. She's better. She's worth it. The one without the lesions is supposedly this great person. It's self-sacrificing and look what she's done so that they can test where this is just like, you forced her to be a special and specials aren't that special so she is not special at all oh but all she talks about is how special she is i wish next time i read this so i'll I'll leave a comment on this in probably about a year on this video but next time i read this i want to count how many times she refers to herself and her friends as special or says that zane is not special yeah i need a tally of this it's just too repetitive and you know what else really bothered me. So much of this book is Tally complaining that the Smokies aren't fighting fair. Are you kidding me? She's not fighting fair. Her body modifications don't make a fight against a human because she's no longer human. This is not a fair fight. This is not a schoolyard game of soccer. Yes. She's like, oh no, they're cheating. And it's the death of the book. You're cheating. You have a grenade. You're specials. You have body modifications that make your eyes better and your body supposed to be better and your hearing and all of this stuff. You can live in the wilderness with literally just eating rocks because I think she does at some point or tree bark or something. But no, we're going to complain about how the Smokies aren't playing fair. They're cheating. Oh no. This whole book is terrible. So sorry to anybody who this is your favorite of the series, but it shouldn't be. (laughs) 
reread it and realize your life is a lie because that's what happened to me. Try again. Yeah, this one's wrong. She sees David at some point and he tries to talk to her and David could easily point out Zane's experience is Tally's fault, but he decides to call it a mistake. Yeah. Because, you know, we still have to do that Tally David thing, whatever. They're trying to make David seem like a good guy because it's very clear that Zane is not going to be in game at this point. Oh my gosh. Which Tally does not know. Any casual reader can tell that the way that they talk to and about David, like, yeah, he does pull that dirty trick about dropping Shay in the river because he knows that Tally will try and get her. Yeah. She's going to be fine, honestly. Well, and her body, she won't hypothermia. She won't die from this. She's not an ugly. Oh, yeah. According to Pretty's, hypothermia doesn't exist. Yes. But David knows she'll be fine. Yeah. He potentially could have been murdering her. Oh, yeah. But I think everybody knows that Shay would have been fine. Yeah. And then, okay, so we can start talking about the Zane, which totally where the ableism comes. But when Tally goes to meet up with Zane in New Pretty, she gets jealous of people getting to spend time with Zane. And I'm like, why are you special again? She's so petty. This is exactly what happened in Pretties and Uglies. And I think this is when Shay points it out, or it might be at the very end, but Shay points out that Tally has an ugly little mind and she's always gonna be herself. Yeah. No brain lesions, nothing, continuously altering her body and her mind and all of this. And every situation she put in. She's just a selfish little ugly, I think is the phrasing. Which is fair. Also not fair, but fair. <laughs> yes. It's both of those things. That is who Tally is. She stays true to character. I think my biggest problem with specials is she does not have enough character growth by the end of this series. She doesn't in the, she doesn't have enough character growth by the end of the book. Yeah. Because at the very end, they're like, oh, Tally, your self-superiority complex is because of the new lesion on your brain. They're trying to convince you that you're better than everyone to keep a divide between you. And she's like, this is me, guys. Yeah, that's how I felt. <laughs> but at no point is she like, oh my gosh, they're right and I should fix this. Like in Pretties, you could see an actual change in her. She tried a little bit in Pretties. In Uglies, she didn't. And definitely not in Special. She's like, no. Well, Uglies, everything changed around her. In Pretties, she got to change. And then this one, like I said, by the end of the book, she's still having superior Superiority complex issues. She does not think of herself out of the new lesions. Which I don't know which is more annoying. Because in Pretty she was like, I'm not good enough. In Uglies I feel like she was as confident as she could be because she was an ugly and she knew it and she knew it would get better. Yeah, but that was like a self-insured confidence. Like she trusted herself. And it was much better. Yes. It's not like a full confidence but as a character, she diminishes. Yes. Because in Pretty's she doesn't think she's worthy of being a pretty, but it gets so much worse in specials because all of her crew is special and they're the best of the best in the special specials. Yeah, they're special specials. They even say that. They're special specials. Yes, that's the phrasing. But she continuously is just doubting herself and it's just, I don't know, I can't handle you. Yeah. And if it wasn't mixed, I can take inferiority 
complex, especially in a YA book. I feel like that's way relatable. Yeah, because as teenage girls, it's hard to value yourself. Teenage girls also get superior order complexes. Not like Tally does. Not like Tally does, but they do have that internal, my suffering is the only suffering that exists because teenagers. That's just where they are developmentally in their brain. That's fine. They just do too much of both of them. Yeah, no one likes when teenagers act like they're the coolest things in the world and they're very obviously not. No one likes that. That's not endearing. It's not even like, oh, some self-doubt. No. It's completely black and white, back and forth. I don't know. Specials is very hard to like Tally. Yes, very. Especially after coming off of Pretties, especially when I listen or read the books, I'll read them all three together. Maybe in two weeks, I'll read all three. And sometimes I'll add in extras, but most of the time I won't because I kind of need a break after specials. And it's not really fair to extras, but I hate it. I hate it so much. Like I said, I burn out. It's insufferable because all she does is she goes and serves in her brain. Nothing happens. Nothing changes. And it gets worse when Zane comes up because like I said, it is such ableism. It is so bad because Zane at this point, this is her fault also, by the way. He took the pills because she was too scared to take both of them. And so he took the pills and he took the one that was the nanos eating his brain forever. And I'm not completely sure that he understand how the brain works. Scott Westerfield does not. Anyway, he's having mobility issues now. He's having, I'd have to think about it, but he's having, I think it's just mobility issues because he seems to mentally be intact. It's just kind of some of the brainstem functions and also the cerebellum. So I guess the brain damage is only to the back of the brain. But Shay is a much better friend to Tally than Tally was to Shay. We've established this in every podcast that has been talked about the series. Yes, the entire series. But even Shay was like, Tally was your new mentality. You shouldn't be around Zane. You shouldn't see him. She was trying to shield him. It was for her own. Shay didn't want to lose Tally. Yeah, it was for her own reasons, but at least she's Right. Tally should not have been around Zane, especially with her new attitude. With her being so fresh to be a special. Because the entire time she's like, he's just not special enough. Him having tremors in his hands, that's so unattractive and uncool. And he can't even stand up on his board on his own. We're taking forever to go because he can't ride a hoverboard anymore. And I'm just like, are you kidding me? Well, even on top of all of that, she says physically, which is what David had said, like, oh, oh, you only like him because he's so pretty. She says that she considers him ugly because he doesn't look like all of the cutters. Which the cutters are ugly. Everything they've described about the cutters is like, they're ugly. Yes, but because Zane is not a special, he hasn't been crazy, insanely extra modified. He still is a pretty, but she has such a problem with that that he's not like her. Yeah. And she just wants her guys to mirror her. Yeah, and there were times where she's like, okay, I'm just gonna put this to the side and it's fine or whatever because she tries to kiss him and then she feels like his hand tremor and she's like I am so repulsed by you I can't even be around you I don't want to see you because he's broken yeah I hate you I hate you I hate you Zane is a national treasure should have been kept safe should still be being kept safe but you are so selfish you're gonna take him on this massive journey to try to make him a special to fix him and he didn't know that she was following which I mean At some point he does because he acknowledges her. Yeah, but Zane should have been kept in unless they knew where they were going because they don't even know where 
where they're going. But she encourages him to go on this wilderness. Because Paris goes with him, right? And some unnamed. Yeah, some unnamed pretties. And he's forced to go on this wilderness journey by himself with quote unquote no assistance so that he can be a special when in reality he should still be getting treatment for his brain injuries. This trek kills Zane and no remorse because he wasn't special. She's just like, oh, he should have tried harder. Why was he not better? He just wasn't special. Catelli's the worst. And yeah, she's upset about it, but like I said, not really. And it's really gross because I think I could have put up with the arrogance, but the ableism is so disgusting. Disgusting. And it's just, it's bad. It's really bad. Well, and it's hard because Paris is in this one and Tally sees him. And I don't know, because he's still pretty and he's not broken, as she says about Zane. It's easier for her to see him. Because even if he becomes special, which is the goal for all of the people, or Tally's goal for them, that are taking this journey, she still doesn't care because she's superior to him, she thinks. Yeah, he's not smart enough. He's not cool enough. He's just a dumb pretty. Yeah, so either way, he falls. She doesn't really seem to care. And that had been her best friend. No, and the most heartbreaking thing about this book is Zane knows that. He figures out real quick. Immediately. The second that they hang out. That Tally doesn't love him. And he spends this entire book trying desperately to prove himself to her. Because he still loves her. To try to get to see her as he was before. He is in love with her and it's ridiculous. I don't believe Tally loves him. No. Or she loves him how she can, but I don't think Tally loves him at all. Because you see how she treats David in the end versus how she's treated Zane this entire time. It's disgusting. I hate it so much. Yeah. Her being like, I'm so special and cool and you're not special and cool because you have brain damage because that's my fault. You need to be fixed. You need to be fixed. Even though it means more brain damage. She's like, no, I want you to be like me. It wasn't that bad. And going on this trek ends up killing him. And I hate, okay, this is the trope that I almost said in the last episode. I hate love triangles that are fixed because one of the lovers dies. Oh my God. Yes. No. Tally make a choice. (laughs) She didn't choose. She didn't. And I think at the end, I don't know if she actually romantically gets back with David. Yeah, but their alliance, quote unquote, is supposed to be, oh, they're happily ever after. Yeah. I don't think it romantically, because I do think she did care about Zane as much as she could, because she tries to just burn the whole city down whenever he dies. She's like, nope, I'm gonna just hoverboard, do it the most dramatic, terrible way. And then David meets her there in the ruins because she spends the night or whatever at the very end. Oh yeah, I just took a helicopter over here for most of the way. You made it way harder than you had to be because you're so emotional. And so I do think Tally did care about Zane, but I don't know if it was the idea of, oh, we could have fixed him if he'd only lasted a little longer or if the specials hadn't have done something in retaliation to the city. In this book, I think it's she's in love with the memory of him. Yes, I don't think she still loves him. And what they have had at one point. I don't think she loves Zane for Zane. Yeah. It was like, oh, we could have been this power couple. We could have been great. And every time she thinks about him and wanting it, it's the connection that they used to have when they were pretties and they were working together and they were on that equal playing field because now Tally has the power in this dynamic. And you can see how because she has the power, she just bullies and exploits and so rude to Zane. And I hate it. And that's 
why I don't care if she ends up with David. Screw you do. You're both toxic. Yes. I don't think it's romantic in the end with David. I don't know. I don't care. But he's still very clearly set up as endgame by the author. Yeah. At the beginning of this book. And honestly, I have reread this book so many times. And as soon as I get into the beginning of specials, I forget. I think Zane died at the end of Pretties. And honestly, we probably would have been better off. I think it would have been better. Every single time I read this book, I'm like, oh, Zane's dead. That's what Shay's shielding her from. Nope. That would have been so much better. No. We have to draw it out and make it terrible. And that's the thing. Section one is just the first section of Pretties. And section two is just the second portion of Uglies. Yeah. They're traveling in the wilderness. Oh, no. What's Tally going to do? Oh, no. She gets separated from them. She's got to figure out how to survive. Oh, no. Except she's supposed to be this amazing thing that can survive anything, but not really ever when it needs to be. It's stupid and dumb and I hate it so much. I love that they bring back Andrew Simpson Smith for this one, though. I did like Andrew. He is now the communicator. Oh, he's so cute. The best part of his story is there were kept behind these quote unquote people. I don't remember exactly what he called it in Pretties. The little men, I think. But hanging people, whatever. And they're using sound as a barrier to keep them inside. Like an electric fence kind of thing. Yeah, but for sound and I could go into it, but I don't feel like it. We're not talking about Pretties. So he gets out because he's like, oh, the little men don't like fire. And she finds out he starts this massive forest fire. And he's like, oh, well, that took care of it. And he leaves. And then he tries to come back. And he's like, yeah, the new little men, they're fine with fire. <laughs> they put in fire ploof ones. He's so cute. Which, by the way, whoever the anthropologist is, is dumb because they didn't notice one of the village's most important figures had disappeared. He got out. The holy man left. And they didn't search for him, to my knowledge. So we're just going to let him roam free from being so sheltered in his little cult anthropology exhibit thing. That should be a major sign. This dude that is potentially homicidal is just out in the world. He burned down half the forest. He caused a massive forest fire. His villages are known for revenge killings. The sheer violence. They almost killed Tally just because. And you're just going to be like, oh, well, he got out. Bye. Guess we're not going to ever find you again. <laughs> I love his interaction with Tally, though, because he's like, oh, what's the password? Everybody knows the password. And she's like, don't you remember me? Hair flip. It's me. It's Tally Youngblood. LOL. And he's like, mm, but I need the password. <laughs> he's so cute. I do like him a lot. He might be my favorite character in specials because they're all terrible. They are. Weirdly enough, he's the only rational one. Paris tries to do a redemption arc, but... Yeah. But yeah, so the first section is derivative and the second section is derivative. And frankly, I think the third section... It takes so long to get to the plot. ...is derivative. I think it's a mixture between, oh my gosh, whole new world with the Smokies. Because the Diego town. Yeah. Fantastic. I would love to see that. But also, oh my gosh, it's a city. And the whole book felt derivative. And like he ran out of ideas. I did love that she's walking on those sidewalks that are taking her everywhere. And she bumps into an older couple. And they're basically like, oh, you must be just off the helicopter. And they make some <laughs> new people. Tourists. Maybe you should wait to see what the fashion trends do. And she's like, I'm the most superior, whatever. And then 
they just scoff at her. Yeah, which is amazing. They're like, okay, little girl, go back with the other new kids. I love how she accuses this city of dangerous body modifications. Yes. Medical practices because people are allowed to have different skin tones and weight when your city completely remakes people's bones. Shut up. (laughs) Shaves them off. And they did it again for specials. And since only that one city has special ops. Yeah, that we know. These are atomic soldiers that you're making and you're accusing them from having unsafe practices because they have different skin tones. Mm -mm. Ah, That's where the 2000s racism really bleeds through. A lot of the stuff in this series gets glossed over, like the very obvious racism. And they're like, oh, we're trying to stop it. From the way they describe it, they're white. They're all white. Tally's town is white. They made everybody white and that solved racism. And the same shade of white too. Yeah. And we know this because all the books have white characters on the cover. They do. Except for Extras, which is a different town and has an Asian character on the front of the original ones. I have not seen the updated covers on the Extras books. But yeah, there are definitely things you could read into it and be like, "Mm." hmm. Yeah, they're like, oh, we ended racism. And then it's like the second she gets to Diego, she's like, no, everybody looks weird. And it's like, um, Tally. They're not allowed to have different skin tones. Tally, stop. This is problematic. You're the problem. (laughs) There's dated things like Tally being a pick me where you're like, okay, that's very 2000s. And then there are other things where you look back and you're like, this was never okay. Yeah. Like the ableism towards Zane and her constant, I am superior to everyone. Constant. Those two definitely are really hard to get over and to just sit and enjoy the book for specials because sometimes that is part of the little bit of science. Yeah, the flaws in the world building. You just have to ignore the science. I feel like this one's way harder to get over than other series. It's because Tally's so unlikable. She's so unlikable. And the way the books are written, a majority of your time is spent in Tally's head. Yes. And it's not like, I did this. I did that. No, it is just paragraphs upon paragraphs of Tally thinking and her brain is insufferable. Oh yeah. And so it's way worse than an unlikable character that at least is doing things. And that's why I think The Uglies, the first book, when she does the nature adventures, is so much better than the subsequent ones because he's like, well, I already did that. Let me fill in the plots that I've already done with Tally thinking. Well, in the first one, she's learning and she's growing a little bit. She does not have a huge character arc. But I feel like she's at least trying and then it gets into specials and it's like, no, she's just set as who she is. Yeah. And they comment on it a bunch. Because Shay mentions it. I think Zane points it out. Oh, you're still the same tally or something like that. And she's like, no, I'm different. And it's like, but you're not special. Yeah, he thinks, oh, it's still in you. And she's just like, special. I'm different. I'm better than everybody. She just did her heels in and she's like this is me guys you're right she just degenerates but i'm not confident about it but i'm also way too confident about it this is an anti-arc pick a lane westerfield come on and that's the other thing she is so inconsistent like you said either she's super unconfident or she's super confident but the same thing with her powers because sometimes he solves situations like the dark crystal when the one girl can fly and he's like well why can you fly he's like oh all girls can fly. You can't fly because you're a boy. That's how I feel some of these specials. Explanations.
limitations are. And she's like, and I'm able to do this because random special power. Yeah. And then other times she's stupid and she's like, come fight me. And then they use knockout gas on her and she's like, that's not fair. Yeah. You're cheating. You're so dumb. And then there's the Smokies are able to outmaneuver them in the first part of the book and steal two of their hoverboards. And then Shay is able to cover that up with Dr. Cable because they have absolutely no supervision. Well, and one of them gets kidnapped. Was it Fasto? Yes. One of the specials gets kidnapped by Smokies. You guys are not that special. It's all bad. But yeah, she gets to this new city and whatever. I feel like so much of this book is lead up to them being in the new city and then they're not there long enough. And then the new city's not that interesting. See, I thought it was, but I feel like he didn't explore it. It could have been interesting. Let me rephrase. It could have been very interesting, but they don't, A, spend enough time there because even the time that they're there, like she spends a little bit time like, oh, that's so cool. But then war is happening. So no spending time there. I will say in that new series he's got, he does a much better job with the series, with the different cities and cultures. Making him feel different. That was the other thing. This is a South American city and they all speak English. Can we talk about that? That really bothers me. Where is Diego? Diego is in Latin America, either Latin America or in South America. I can't remember off the top of my head, but it is in a Latino area and they all speak English immediately. They all have the same language. Once again, everything would just be better if everyone was white and speaks English. Don't they also speak English in extras too? The whole thing is social media, right? I think so, but they also do, I don't know if it's Chinese or something. They do have their like, oh, the ancient language because they do the origami paper and they, they wrote something on it and they do have some of the, it's not specific what it is, but some kind of Asian culture that they do incorporate a little bit, but I think it's English. I'm trying to remember. Oh no, it's not because at some point they get captured or whatever in extras. The main girl whose name I can't remember because it's been honestly probably five years since I've reread that one, but they get captured and their captors are speaking in a different language. So I think theirs is whatever Asian language, but that's also five or so years after. Okay. It's unclear. Chinese, Japanese, not really sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's vaguely Asian, like Diego's vaguely Latin America. It doesn't come up until almost the end. Because I was trying to remember, because like I said, I only read a couple of chapters and then the first part is this whole social media world. And I didn't remember them being like, oh, we have translators. So everyone can read all of the social media posts. It just made it seem like anyone anywhere could post stuff on social media and everyone can read it. So in D&D, everyone has in their races, right? And so it's like, oh, you can speak Elvish or Dwarvish or Orcish. And then there's just this language called common that everybody speaks. It's like that. A lot of Star Trek kind of stuff does that too. Yeah. They're like, oh, do you speak the common language? It's like, yeah, we picked English because Scott Westerfield is white. So. But yeah, and uh, the climax of this book is my problem with the concept of the book. Because up until this point, I've been like, what is the point of making your average citizen pretty brained? If your firefighters, your doctors, your politicians, the people that were the problems to begin with don't have the lesions. Because the politicians don't have it. I get it if it's like, oh, the scientists. Yes. The firefighter, the people in charge of safety. But a scientist is the one who caused this. So if you were going to do this, you can 
they at least be like they are so regulated by the government or something. But they just make it seem like they're like willy-nilly because Maddie and her husband were able to do a bunch of brain stuff and no one noticed them doing it. And so my problem with this is the climax of this trilogy is special ops is like, we're going to go to war. We're just going to bomb this random city and we're not going to tell anybody. Yeah. So, you know, war, the whole reason we're doing this is to prevent war from ever happening or bad things, but we didn't actually give lesions to everyone. So we're not actually solving anything. And so special ops can just come in and bomb an entire city at any point. Nothing stopping this from happening again. No safe lines. Diego just kind of took it. I don't even remember what stopped the war. It wasn't Diego. Yeah. Could be anything. It's so dumb. The entire problem with the concept of the book. Oh, the war stopped because Tally had gotten Dr. Cable the cure. And since she was the one spearheading it, she slowly became more human and normal and not special mentally. Oh, yeah. And then it just all crumbles. And then they're like, oh, you're watching this woman unfold on TV. She goes from this powerful boss. I think she cries. Which is so stupid. I mean, she does something very dramatic that Tally's like, Ugh this girl. I can't believe she used to be powerful. And once again, yes, that is my problem with this book. You'd humanize Dr. Cable and it's stupid and it's bad. And that's not how criminal organizations work because this is basically a criminal organization at this point. If Dr. Cable went down and no one else was for this war, the war would not have happened. And I know they're like, oh, let's trick the politicians and convince them, blah, 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 blah. But there had to have been more than one person at that organization like, yes, Let's make bombs. Let's attack a city. And so any other criminal organization, if you take down one person, whoever's next in line takes over the efforts. But they're like, no, it's just Dr. Cable. That's how war works, right? Wrong. If you just take out the person in charge, no one else will consider the war. I mean, to be fair, she was spearheading in. She was. Because she convinced whatever town Tally's from. I feel like if we were going to do a comparison, it would have been like convincing George W. Bush that starting a war in Iraq would have been a bad idea after the war had already started. Let's start that. The war had already started. Somebody convinces George W. Bush, gives him the cure or whatever, convinces it is fine. Nothing to talk about Congress who approved the war or any of the other political leaders that are in it or any of the financial institutions that are gaining off this war or the pro-war people on the ground. It's so much more complicated. War is so complicated. And they're just like, nah. Dr. Cable decided, nah. And so they just stopped happening and they got rid of special circumstances and now it's all good. I did a little bit of digging. Ooh. So apparently Diego, which I feel dumb not knowing this, and this is according to theuglysfandom.com so might be real. Who knows? Not an official site, but it's the Uglies wiki, basically. So it's near San Diego. Diego, San Diego. Oh, so that's just in California. So it's a little north than you thought. I thought they went through Mexico. They travel pretty far. So, I mean, it does still have a decent Hispanic culture up there, but it's not like Mexico. But it also has a really big Chinese culture and it's very big, a lot of cultures. Anyway. And then if anybody also cared, the extras is set near Singapore. So it is. Is China. Okay. Also for the new series that nobody else has probably read yet. (laughs) It's near Louisiana. 
Vienna because I'm just looking up all these. Where was this? Vaguely this area. Vaguely, yes. It felt like they went somewhere else. They did travel still pretty far. So yeah, but I don't know. It made it feel like it was souther, but I guess it's still in America. That begs more questions because it would have been one thing to be like, oh, the city is bombing a place that used to be a different country, but I feel like it's interesting stipulations that America attacked America. Tally's city apparently has a name, which I don't know if this is a wiki thing or if it was ever actually stated, but it's called SeaTac, which would make more sense because it's near Seattle and Tacoma, Washington, supposedly. That name is never given in the books. Maybe it's mentioned in extras because it is not mentioned in the trilogy at all. The city is just city. She just says her city a bunch. Oh, there's another book supposedly. I have not looked this thoroughly through, but it's called Bogus to Bubbly. It was released in 2008. That's where this info is coming from. There's a map. Oh, I know what that is. Okay, so I saw this in the used bookstore. He wrote a companion novel to the series and I thought about getting it and then I realized I don't like the series that much. I like companion novels. Yeah, the only thing that's helpful for that is knowing where things are. There's a map that's helpful. You could also Google this. Yeah. I flipped through it and I can't remember anything specifically that I found interesting. Yeah, most people don't care about this. I definitely, and I think we talked about this in the pretties one, I definitely thought it took place more near the Tennessee mountains, but I was wrong. It's in Seattle-ish. Yeah, very different than I thought. I didn't realize Seattle had such a train presence. So the series takes place 300 years after the Rusty Ruins, the explosion with all of the gasoline. So I'm guessing 2300? At least, yeah. Okay, so we've kind of talked about everything and I can briefly talk about teenage selfishness and how Zane dies and Tally's like, no one understands how I feel. And I'm like, wow, I think Maddie knows exactly, except more, but you're still mean to her, but okay. Teenage selfishness. No one has ever suffered before, ever. Only I suffer. Yeah, like I get it. Your love died, but... Not really your love. He did die. <laughs> yeah, he did. I was about to say, um, that one was pretty clear. He's dead at the end of it. But I don't understand the ending. The ending doesn't make sense. Oh, the final response? Yeah, they've decided that because the world has woken up to the surgeries being bad, she's convinced they're like, oh, well, now we have to be Rusty's. And I'm like, you have all this renewable energy stuff. The only reason Diego was cutting down trees was because it needed more city. But if the whole world is going through this revolution, people can go back to their city. Yeah. And we can continue this population control that's been going on. So that population control, and then we have green energy and all of this. But she's like, no, you're all going to revert back to Rusty's. They might expand their towns a little bit, but your population's not growing. It's not. Do you think that they would have more kids, less kids? They have no reason to burn. They can cause bonfires and still have a carbon footprint thing to watch everything. And if they have animals, they can still be ethical. There's so many things in place now. She just acts like the technology doesn't exist anymore and everyone's going to automatically revert to being rusties. And it makes sense for the smoke because they were literally starting a civilization. They had to build. I'm not justifying whatever, but they had to. The cities don't. And even then, they were stealing or 
borrowing or whatever from old railroads that were abandoned. They were getting the metal. They were doing stuff with what was already there. And so if they had had some smart resources like Diego to begin with, instead of having to expand crazy onto Diego, all of the misfits could just stay where they lived. They didn't have to go. The thing I don't get about how she reacts to trees being cut down, does she think the cities just happen to be treeless to begin with? That started as something that was cleared out. And then they brought in this new technology and they were like, okay, that's where nature is. This is where we are. Yeah, they clearly had to clear cut in order to get her city. Yeah, and so it's done. It's in the past. The only reason Diego was doing it is because they were the only enlightened city, but apparently... I don't understand how Tally started a revolution. But the world is freed because Tally. (laughs) Yeah, because she definitely gets the name in the face. Because even David in extras, they bring them up, Tally and David. And it's really just Tally Youngblood. Tally did this and she did the mind rain and she freed everybody. Yeah, and, and I remember from extras, they'd start the world building with, oh my gosh, after Tally's revolution. And it's like, Tally didn't do anything. She was along for the ride. Shay is the one who did things. Yeah, Shay is the one who made her special and then kept her a special because she was like, oh, I could take the cure or they could fix me, which Tally wasn't super wanting to do. But Shay was like, no, we have to protect you because she's the last special left. Which once again, Shay realizes she's like, hey, this is bad. I'm going to be trained, turned back into a special. And once again, Tally leaves her for her boy. Yeah, because they call or some kind of communication. Tally gets out of the hospital or whatever and she hears a bunch and Shay had been continuously updating her. Shay is such a good friend. Tally even mentions it. She wanted Tally to be able to pick up and join them and be a part of her life and the life at Diego that they were creating and be there with her. And so she was continuously updating her little email and she got one from Maddie and she got one from somebody else. She got three of them. Paris maybe. And she's like, instead of that, I'm going to mask email the world mass email everyone watch out I'm gonna come for you me and David we're gonna save the world hey guys this is for nature we're here to represent nature and all this it's like you're dumb it has a cool ending line I don't remember exactly what it is but it's like when the world's changing we'll be there or something it would if it weren't so stupid it's so funny think I gets me is really obvious she does not think herself out of the lesions because even at the end she's being really I'm better than you. They're like no we're gonna let this girl run wild. Run wild and be free with David and it's fine. I do I mean not for the romantic whatever I do like the callback or whatever to where David because he's an ugly that grew up in the wild he is the perfect partner for her to go do this mission because he's seen the one side of the world of it and she's seen the other side of it. Yeah. Because she was the special special and she has seen the deep darks of some of the stuff that has happened. So I do like that. Yes, but also counter. David's the one who grew up thinking burning trees and cutting trees down. It was fine. Yeah. It's fine. But she's like, me and David are going to save nature. Okay, fair. He's the exact opposite of what you want to do. It doesn't make sense. Just because he's been in nature does not mean he's here for nature. The end of the book definitely falls flat. I mean, the whole book was pretty terrible. It almost redeemed itself whenever she was gonna kind of turn herself in and just screw it and just 
save everybody and become not special, that would have been nice. But okay, here's a thought. I think this would make the book entirely better. So it's really obvious the author is obsessed with making Tally a sympathetic underdog, even though she should not be an underdog in this book. That's the point. She does a bad job. We hate her. But that's part of the problem is so obsessed with making her an underdog. What if she was the villain? Tally is the villain. Would that not make this book so much better? She's a special. She's doing all these things. And at the end, she realized she's the villain. God, especially compared to Shay. For a while in Pretties, I think Shay's the villain. Yes. Because it's supposed to be, obviously be Dr. Cable. But towards the end, or at least the antagonist. I don't know if villain is the right word, but antagonist for sure. Oh no, she's the antagonist the whole series. Her and Shay, they're friendship duo. But Tally is the villain. She might be. It would have been so much better if she was just straight up the villain. And then at the end, she realizes, holy crap. It was me. I'm the villain. And then she has to atone for her sins. But no, Tally doesn't have to atone for anything. That would be a stronger stick if she had chosen to be a special, I think. But even with her being forced, I still stand by. It's the specials book. The specials have been the villains. You can't have a sympathetic underdog special. Oh, yeah. I mean, he does a terrible job of trying to keep that going. I'm with you on there. I think it would have been so much better if she was the villain. Okay, so let's talk about some flaws about the cutters themselves that I noted. One, they can feel pain. If you're going to have a super soldier, isn't it better if they don't feel pain and they can just do whatever? Yeah, because the whole reason they stay icy, which I love this stupid phrasing. Me and one of my sisters, when we were reading this book, because we both really got into it in junior high, we'd be like, oh, such a bubblehead, Danielle Waugh, like Tally Waugh. We were obnoxious. <laughs> we love this book. Oh, you're such a bubblehead. Stay bubbly. Oh, that's so icy. We thought we were so cool. I love the little dumb phrasings that are just for this universe. I will say it's something. <laughs> but the fact that they change it from bubbly to icy, you're doing the exact same thing. The exact same thing. You are still trying to be more aware, be more clear headed. Open to the world. Yes. That's why I think it's derivative. And the fact that they change it between the books, it's so funny. And they call them a bubble head. You're such a bubble head. I'm like, I thought the point was to be bubbly. Yes. I thought that was the thing. Why is this an insult? So my complaint number two, they release massive heat signatures and they cannot control it. So they're a massive target for anyone with infrared and they can't control their body to signature. Yeah. Well, I mean, they have the sneak suits, but when they're not. Yeah, but they should be them themselves. If you're going to be able to train them where they can do all these other things and they can eat dirt. How are you expecting their blood to just not produce heat? Well, that's the thing. It's like there are other things that couldn't be done. I get they're super soldiers, but it's a flaw. Has in any comic that been a thing? Yes. <laughs> Let's just make them cold blooded. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm just saying it's a flaw and the Smokies keep using it against them. Is they have to hide their heat signature. They're making them underdogs, even though they're specials. They're using their heat signature against them. Three, they have way too many emotions. They do. And I get it, they're teenagers, but you could probably manipulate this out of them if you're already giving them brain surgery. Yeah, if you're going to do it already, make them a super soldier. Give them anger and maybe a couple other ones, but take out jealousy and a 
obsession and even the superiority complex. I don't think that was self-serving, but it was a lot. So my husband's talked about, sorry, I'm looking at my notes at the very end. Oh, you're fine. My husband's talked about how in sci-fi, the world is a character in and of itself. And one of my notes is just, this world is a trash character. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I know I keep talking about the newer series, but it does get better, but it had to have this to work for the newer series. It's just the entire book is these great and unstoppable force that is puppeteering the entire city since their dumbest and most untrained operatives to face down their biggest threat. Yeah. And Dr. Cable doesn't even tell anyone they're doing anything. So is specials doing nothing about New Smoke? Do you remember seeing any other specials? No! Besides Dr. Cable. No, and there's this part when they're in the specials thing, they see people and whatever, and they have their sub-commander or whatever trap her. But other than that, no. Not in this book. Even from the other books, it's very clear because Dr. Cable says something about, oh, her and her friends, they were the tricky ones. The tricky uglies, and then whenever they became pretties, it was very clear that they were gonna be specials at some point. But I don't remember seeing anybody except for her. And there's also the other thing I don't understand. Tally and Shay follow Zane and them, but that's not a mission. They're not given a mission. They just go off the map, and then they leave, and then they go to Diego. And Dr. Cable doesn't do anything to try to track them down. Yes. There's teenagers on the loose. I also like how the parents after the first book don't exist. And so there's no outraged parents like you lost my child. Nah. Well, once she was a pretty, she was not their responsibility. Clearly. It's very funny realistically versus this. Yeah. And I did put a note. Why does Diego have a name? But not theirs. But apparently they do have a name. Tally just doesn't know it. It does. Apparently. She never calls it anything, though. I don't think she knows it. But she probably doesn't. But that kind of makes sense with Tally because she thinks her entire world is Uglyville, New Pretty Town. She thinks that's it. It doesn't need a name. It's just the city. It's the only one. Because that's why in the first one, she's so baffled that the smoke exists, I think. She thinks Shay's lying up until when she meets David. Up until she actually gets there. And it makes sense in Uglies. But the fact that the rest of the series, they don't pick up on, they're like, oh, this is just some dumb girl. She just doesn't know. Nope, that's on brand. That's Tally. Like I said, it's this obsession to keep her as underdog. Yeah. No. She's not an underdog when she's able to survive in the world by eating dirt and having teeth that's made of freaking platinum or whatever they were made out of. Titanium, I think. It was something ridiculous. I think the titanium were the bones. Oh, yeah, yeah, It was something where they don't break or something. I don't know. It's so hard because the rest of the series, I mean, while you have to just ignore some of the science and a little bit... With a grain of salt. Yes. And some of the problematic things that because of 2000s in the first two, you just have to ignore. Yeah, that may get dated. Yeah. But the third one just doubles down on all of the terribleness. It's bad. And it's the end. Yeah. Tally is insufferable. She's ableist. The cutting is a constant. Yeah, we need to cut. It feels good. It's great. And I mean, a part of me is glad we're not doing the eating disorder from last book, but... Yeah. She outgrew that one now that she can eat dirt. Actually, she doesn't even have to eat very much. No, she doesn't. So I think that still sort of is a disorder. She can eat, but she doesn't have to. But they don't spotlight it as much as they do in pretties. Oh, yeah. It's like how they don't mention going to the bathroom. It's just an assumed. Yeah. But in pretties, they highlighted it like, oh, we're not eating and it's so great. It's keeping us bubbly. Yeah. Let's not encourage teenage girls to have eating disorders.
Christmas. Thank you. Life is hard enough. Can we not? I just wonder with the movie or maybe it's a series. I need to look that up. But I wonder with it being filmed in 2022 slash whenever it's actually coming out. I kind of wonder if they're going to update some of that or if they're going to keep it true to the source material. No matter what it is, it's unwinnable. Yeah, because if it doesn't stick with it, then it's not the same series. But if they don't change it. See, that's what I'm saying. It's an unwinnable. I don't want it to do either. This book was not made for Gen Z. Gen Z is going to eat this alive. Because <laughs> I don't know anybody younger than us that's read it. And I mean, I know it did come out 15 years ago, something like that. In mid 2000s. So that's when we were in middle school and high school and stuff. I was in, I think, sixth or seventh grade when this one came out. Whatever math works. But that was the prime reading age. And so I'm sure five years after us, maybe. So there may be some older Gen Zs who are basically millennials because once again, generations are a made up concept. Yeah, they blend. Doesn't matter. It's not how this works. Anyway, but it's not made for Gen Z morals or frankly, nowadays morals, period. And I don't want to see it updated. I don't. This book is not meant for anything but the mid 2000s. And so making it in 2022 or at any point from this time on is no. Unless they completely rewrite it and then it'll be like a lot of other book adaptations where it's like, wow, you just bought it for the name. But there's no point buying it for the name because no one's chiming after uglies in 2022. I don't know what's hip with the youth, but I'm pretty sure it's not that. According to this site that I found, it's saying production for Netflix's uglies will begin mid-October 2021. So I don't know if that actually did, but it should be almost finished recording if they actually... And this, of course, came out last summer in 2021, this article. But it should be coming soon, supposedly. Yeah, well, they've been saying it's going to start production soon since 2010. Yeah, but Joey King is in it. She's in all those Kissing Booth movies. And I'm sure she's going to play Tally. But honestly, she would probably make a better Shay. I don't know. All the characters are brunettes. Yeah. All of them, except for Zane, who dyes his hair black. With, what was it, ink? Yeah, it was printer cartridge ink, which doesn't make sense because you're not printing anything. So how did you get the ink? (laughs) I don't think things were thought through. And it bothers me. The more you sit there and think about it, the more it unravels. Yeah, just don't think too hard. It's just a fun YA series. That's my general thought. The more you think about it, the worse it gets. And especially this book. The universe in general, but especially this book. This book gave me burnout. I couldn't. Forcing myself to read this was an act of self-hate in and of itself. (laughs) Well, and it's hard because this is what, the second or maybe third time you've read it? This is the second time I've read it. And like I said, when I read it in middle school, this was my favorite book. I don't know what that says about middle school me. Yeah, it's a completely different mindset. Yes. One, being in the 2000s and two, being in the mid-lit slash YA range that it was supposed to be in is just, I can't express how different. Because now we're into the 2020s and adults. It's so dated. It's such a period 2000s book. It could not exist before then or after then. It was just so perfect everything mid-2000s. I don't think it could have existed at any other point in time. Yeah, that's pretty fair. That's accurate, I think. One question for the author. I don't know. I'm tired. (laughs) (laughs) Why did you want to hurt us so bad at the end of this book? Because first of all, they kill off Zane. And then 
she sort of tag teams with David and she consistently abandons Shay this entire series. And you know what she does again? Abandons her. Yes, for a boy. For a boy. Yeah. I mean, to save the world, blah, blah, blah. But not really. No. If David had been like, no, let's go to Diego. That's where we're needed. Guess where she would have taken herself. Yeah. If David was like, I'm going to go help my mom, she would have been there. Yeah. Absolutely. Because she can't be alone. She can't. Every time she struggles and fully has any kind of alone time. Yeah. It's not good. I mean, I think her character would have grown and been stronger had she not immediately clinged onto a boy. Or whoever. Because she does that to Shay. When she doesn't have a boy, she has Shay. Yes. Especially in the beginning of specials. I feel like she really needed some alone time to figure herself out. Or at least a more diverse friend group. Well, and that's what I was saying. She wants people who look like her, who act like her. An adult supervision would have been great for her. Yes. Freaking any adult. The only one in this book is Dr. Cable. And Maddie, who hates her. And for some reason, Tally hates her because Maddie hates her, even though Maddie's is justified. Yeah. Can't have anybody mad at Tally, though. Heaven forbid things be complex. I think YAs could have handled it, just saying. Okay, I am curious why he picked which cities for them to be around. Why Seattle? Is he from Seattle? And then why San Diego? Has he traveled to San Diego a bunch? Or is that just far enough away where it's like, yeah, that's good. That sounds nice. That's probably a realistic distance for them to have hoverboarded in the woods. I guess I would be actually interested how he picked locations for them to be near. Yeah. Rating. Negative 10. <laughs> That's not... <laughs> Dealing with a moody teenager out of 10. And you're the adult in charge of them. That's how I feel. <laughs> That's it. I am a getting thrown unconscious off of a hoverboard into a lake out of 10. Ow. Because it makes me kind of want to die. <laughs> It's the worst. This is the worst book. It's really bad. I really want to go talk to my middle school self and be like, honey. And it sucks because I feel like you have to finish specials in order for the story to be complete. Yeah. And I know he has some extra other books and then the new series that's happening now. But it is a trilogy. The three, it's a trilogy. You have to read all three because after Pretties, it doesn't really. It's not satisfying end. It would be an okay ending, but you don't know what happens to Zane. You don't know how cool Tally will be as a special. You don't know. Yeah. Especially if you're reading for the first time or the first time in a long time. Uglies feels so self-contained. Yeah, that could be its own book. Whereas pretties and specials are so part of one and two. You couldn't have one without the other. They're a continuation. You have to. They have to go together. Because some books, you can pick up the second book in a series. You can skip the first one. Especially mid-lit. The Cinder series that I read every couple of months or every year, that one, you could skip the first one. You could skip the second one. You could jump around and while the plot does still continue, it's fine without, which I've never done. I always do the whole series. But I will give it sci-fi and fantasy is definitely ones where it would be harder to skip around. Because I have book series where it's like mystery. Mystery tends to be really easy to jump around because they're self-contained books. They're self-contained mysteries. But this is 
is one you can't skip pretties. You shouldn't. No. You would be so lost. Who is Zane? Why are they cutting each other? What is happening? How did they become specials? Why are they calling them bubbleheads? You keep referring to all of these things that happened in pretties. They're so icy. What's happening? They're so icy. Oh no. Why is everyone cold? Get them a blanket. But this is a unfortunate. You got to push through until the end of specials and then it sucks. Yes. And it's done. I think the end thing is unless you want to read specials. I would just read uglies. Don't go past. Because the idea and I'm sure there's some great fan fiction out there with this series. I've personally never read any. It's probably some really good stuff and some really bad stuff. It's one or the other. Oh, well, I mean, it's fan fiction, so I'm sure there is. <laughs> you can find some good or bad stuff. Yeah. But there's somewhere I'm like, I'm sure there's some meh, but I feel like this one would have only good or only bad. Yeah. No mediocre stuff. All good or bad. Would you read it? No. I'm not even going to finish the question. I would not read this again. This book is what killed the series for me. Like I said, it was dated, but this book is just miserable. I don't know how you do it. Give me a year and I will torture myself again to get their <laughs> specials. I do. It's almost every year. Yeah. Favorite of the book series. So now that we've done the entire trilogy, my favorite is Pretties. And I think yours is still uglies. Yeah. Reading specials does not change that for me. It does not add it. It does not make it like, wow, it's specials. And if specials is your favorite, like who hurt you? Like, are you okay? It's fine. No, you don't want to know why? Because in middle school, I was a tally. Oh my God. I didn't have a boyfriend or anything, but I could still see how she's so cool. She's so smart. She's so whatever. And I don't, I guess my brain blocked out the freaking ableism or I was not aware of it as much. Aware. Maybe I was a very ableist middle schooler. I don't know what I was. Well, I mean, sixth, seventh grade. Unfortunately, most of your friends look like you. Unless you have world experience. And sixth graders aren't known for being the most empathetic. So. It's not an inclusive group in sixth grade. So yeah. And so as an adult, you have more perspective and you've had more world experience and I can't look past it at this point. I think that I could get by with the narcissism. It's the ableism where I'm like, I just want to rip this book to shreds, but I won't because I'm borrowing Danielle's book. <laughs> yeah, please don't ruin my books. I will be reading them again in another year. Oh. It's painful though. And I did the audiobook this time, which I've been having trouble physically reading. I think you should just do the audiobooks from now on to quickly get by it because reading it physically it was painful. And even skimming, skipping paragraphs or whatever, it's still like, oh my goodness, tally. It's so long. It feels so long. It is miserable. The audiobook did not change how slow it was, but you can put it on a little quicker of a speed. Yeah, just put it on two times speed. You'll be done with it in no time. <laughs> just make it a little faster. You don't actually need to know what she's saying. You just know. I mean, you could stop at pretties if you're fine with creating creating your own ending. I think with how many times you've read the series, I feel like you could stop at pretties and then just go to extras. I don't always reread specials and I don't always do extras. I do always read ugly 
uglies and pretties if I'm going to read them. If you're going to do it, might as well. But I will say I've skipped specials, I think, twice. And I've reread the series once a year since sixth grade. It's just a miserable book. A bitter, insufferable, not sure what it wants to do book. I know we've already talked about it, but I do recommend Scott Westerfield's follow-up the rest of the series. They're not together. Time has passed and elapsed and Tally isn't there. And also he's developed as a writer, hopefully with 15 more years of experience. Yes, but even the characters are more real. They have families because it's not Tally's world where you don't live with your family. Family units don't exist. Yes, and they do have a non-binary character, which is very 2020s, very inclusive of different things. And it's not a big deal, which is sometimes hard in a book because they try and point it out and make it bigger. Yeah. And that becomes their only personality trait. Yes. That same issue with LGBT characters. It's like, oh, they're gay. And that's their only personality trait. Look, guys, I'm so diverse. (laughs) I feel like he's making up for the terrible ableism and self-harm that he did in the first three books with this new mini series. Yeah. There's my question for the author. What would he do different. If he was looking back at the books now, what would he do different? Because every author ever has talked about how once they publish the book, they're immediately like, dang it. Like, ew, gross. Yikes. Well, not ew, gross, but like, oh, I could have done this, or oh, I could have done that. But with 15 years, I hope make Tally more likable. Give us Shay's point of view. Even if it was only a couple of chapters, I would have loved to hear from Shay. Because, I know, I keep talking about Twilight, and I swear I haven't read it in like four years. (laughs) They did that with Jacob's point of view. They added him in for barely any time. Honestly, might not have been necessary, but That little glimpse... I don't know. Tally's so insufferable. And I feel like if we got some of Shay's to see how insufferable she was in specials, or if it was just Tally that had this mindset. That would have been interesting to see other motivations instead of seeing vaguely the motivations from Tally. And Tally doesn't really care about other people, so she doesn't speculate on anybody's motivations. Or Zane, but honestly, I would have rather have seen his in Pretties if they were going to do it. But Shay in Uglies and Pretties and specials. Oh, I would have loved because they do. They are the protagonist and antagonist this entire series. And I feel like Shay doesn't have a voice, especially in pretties, but in specials, she just becomes this bully kind of like she tries to keep Tally on track through friendship, but she does it meanly. I want to know what her motives are. Is it to get back at her? Is that why she turned her into a special? Or was it more of she really truly thought they would be friends once they're the same? Because she did it almost immediately. As soon as she became a special, she made Tally a special. And Tally's whole goal in specials is to make Zane a special like her. I would have loved to see some of that. Thank you for exploring specials with us. I'm Sam Ryan. And I'm Danielle. And we hope to see you and a friend here next time. Escape With Me Book Club is a Lunar Sculpt production. Check us out on TikTok or Instagram to keep up to date with us. Lunar underscore S-K-U-L-K.